0: All right. Hey, welcome to Sunday Evening Live. We're glad to have you uh, join us this evening uh, as we've we been going through in Sunday evenings, listening to folks' testimony of how they've come to know the Lord, what the Lord's done in their life. Uh, You've got uh, some of the regulars here. You've got the guru of IT, Thomas Miller, uh, as uh, he keeps us running and keeps us going. And so if you're not seeing us, then you're just not seeing us. But uh, Thomas does a great job and and, uh, I'm so thankful for him. You got Chris down here at the other end uh, as he is uh, just doing your thing, man. Hanging out, man. That's it. (laughs) uh, Reverend Wayne Law didn't ma- didn't make it uh, this evening, but he said he's watching on Facebook. So Wayne, if you're watching us, you have any questions, man? Send those in. And that's for any of y'all. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to make uh, as we go through this, uh, please send those in. Thomas will uh let us know and then we will uh we'll try to answer them or do whatever else we need to do. But I'm especially thrilled tonight because we've got Mr. Craig Coleman, uh a uh institution of Troy, I guess. That's right. Uh, the <laughs> famous man of Troy. That's right. Uh, uh, Craig has come in and uh he's joining us this evening to share his testimony and what the Lord has done in his life and I'm excited about it. Uh uh Craig is just such a a good guy uh, and uh, just such a wonderful heart that the Lord has given him. And mm-hmm. uh, and the things that you do, Craig, for this community and just uh, people have the trash cans out. You're the guy that sees them and hauls them back to their house and different things and just doing things, blessing people in that way. And uh, so... Uh, again if you've got any comments or questions or if our our live studio audience hey Joan uh, has any comments just uh, shout them up here for us and that but uh, uh, but Craig is it's good to have you here man
1: it's good to be here good to be here Uh, first of all thank you for the opportunity to do this Um, first person ever I've ever had anybody um, ask me to share my testimony and um, I think it's very important for people to not only understand um, how you came in to meet the Lord, um, but it's, it, it's definitely a process. Um, it's not where you wake up one morning and say, oh, well, I follow Jesus. You know, no, it doesn't work that way. It is a process. And as you all know, even when you get baptized, it's still a process. It's not just holy water hits you and, and you're there all of a sudden. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to uh, basically start um, anyone that knows me, knows me well, know that I'm very long winded, but you're only giving me roughly an hour. So I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's 30 minutes, Greg. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But if you
0: want to go an hour, man, we'll stick with
1: you. <laughs> That's OK. But um, I came to Troy probably about 79, 80 is when I came to Troy. Um, Many of uh, the audience here in Troy does not know this, but this is something I'm sharing for the very first time. Um, I was adopted from an infant. And the reason why I'm saying that, it doesn't discredit my parents for any reasons for adopting me. I would always like to share as much as I can about whether you're a single parent, whether you're a blended family, whether you're adopted, whatever the case is, it's not the child's fault. And I can say this now as an adult, not as a kid. Right. right. So even though I don't have kids of my own, with me being a substitute school teacher, um, I like to tell all the kids, I don't have kids of my own, but I like to love on your kids, you know? Good and bad, you know, but so, but I was, I was one of those, one of those uh, kids, you know, where I grew up here at First Baptist Troy. How I found this church, my mom and dad separated when I was going into third grade. And we live probably, matter of fact, our house is still standing. Our mother sold it, uh, I guess, a little after high school she sold it needed the money and sold it which i had already moved away and she said her her thing well first of all i didn't grow up in a household where we spoke a lot about education we just did not okay we spoke about my mother spoke uh the lord and the short period of time i remember from my from my uh adoptive father he spoke of me playing football. That was it. He wanted me to play pro, pro football. Those are the two things that went on in my household. So when we moved to Troy from, it was down in uh, in Houston area, a little town called Wharton. When we moved to Troy, my mom, her biggest thing was go find a church. That was her biggest thing. She didn't care where. We were in a situation where we didn't understand, I guess, um, With us being um, a black family, we didn't understand the mixing of the races and things of that nature, but our mother never taught us that either. So that's why I've grown up to be a person where it's been very easy for me to just love people. Mm -hmm. Love people. Yes, you have good, bad, or indifferent, but still, people are people. People go through things. If you say you're not going through something, you're not human. Amen. I mean, point, right. point blank. So I came to know the Lord shortly after, probably within a couple years um, of me going to Troy, things of that nature. Um, some, some of the people that, that are listening to this broadcast uh, know Lee and Irma Hendricks that were. They were uh, Christians and members of his church for a very long time. Well, Lee Hendricks had a beard halfway down his chest,
0: <laughs> almost know. to his
1: waistline, and really tall, long arms, and he rode Harleys. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, he used to also ride with the Hells Angels, which, you know, they are always visualized as just, just really, really bad people. But the more and more I got to know him and his family, I understood that he also well he i'll just say he gave he gave me stories that said as a little kid you you know you can it is what it is a story but um he would tell me stories he said you know what there's some things that we did that weren't so great but there's also a lot of things that we did that were for the good and with that being said again we as people we sin every single day Mm-hmm. Again, if you don't, you're not human. I would like to meet you. You know, <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, so, but no, I, I watched Lee build a Harley-Davidson and um, from the, I saw a motorcycle sitting in his garage, I'd go another day and it's just nothing but parts. Mm. Totally break it down, totally build it up, things like that. So that's how, and the reason why I'm bringing that story in is because they were it was the Hendricks uh Clayton Sue Bell I mean there was a multitude of people that made us feel welcome even though we were the only little black kids in an all-white church we didn't know anything about anything our mother said just walk to a church well we could have very easily made that left at the fork up there and went toward Grand Chapel at the time Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason we walked this way very first one we saw was first Baptist Troy um, and in the beginning, again, it, it wasn't great, but because of the, again, a multitude of people within the church made it great. At some point in time, I got to know, uh, the two families I just talked about. Um, and I remember the very first time Lee asked me, he said, uh, do you and your brother God, do y'all want to come to, to the house for lunch? we again we had no idea what that meant we're like are we being kidnapped i mean what are, i mean <laughs> seriously seriously i, what, understand. Yeah, I, I mean understand. What's, yeah. What? what exactly is going on here and then on top of that i felt like it was um, an insult to my mother because she was at home she didn't really get out once we moved to troy she didn't get out too much well i thought this was an insult to her to go to someone else's house and eat mm. Cause mama's not with us and we're not with her. So what does that mean? And I mean, Mm -hmm. again, you're a little, you know, probably 10 year old kid trying to figure all this out. And it took probably almost two years. And I finally said something to my mom. I built up enough courage and, and she said, well, why don't y'all go? And I was like, oh, I could have asked you, you know, a long time ago, (laughs) (laughs) you know, obviously with this. um, And it got to the point, there's different people that I feel like is responsible. Again, the, the, the Bells, the Hendricks, um, also uh, the Ellis family. Uh, y'all know uh, uh, Sandy Ellis, late Don Ellis? Yes. yes. Well, Sandy Ellis was one that, again, you're, you're being put in a situation where you don't understand what exactly is going on. And there was probably two or three Christmases where we went, and we had absolutely nothing. Because, I mean, we didn't have the money. We were, we were very, very poor. Once Sandy Ellis, we came to church, came to church, and we would walk, we probably, mile, mile and a half out west is where we live. Mm-hmm. We would walk from church to church and walk home, wouldn't say a word to anybody. And then somebody started noticing, those little boys are walking back and forth. And then we had, like, uh, Linda Lane Tomlin, J.D. Mm-hmm. Tomlin. I mean, mm-hmm. that family, they would give us rides because they lived out west. So that's how the, um, I guess, the relationship started. You know, All of a sudden, all these people are like, hey, you need this, you need that, cool. Sandy sat down with my mother And it was more of an embarrassment than anything, because as a little kid, you don't want anybody to come to your house. You didn't want them to know you didn't have indoor plumbing. You had an outhouse. You had all these things, but we had love. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's so hard in this day and time for the kids to understand about not having just stuff. And I mean, and, and seriously, and I've had people say, "Well, you know what? You don't have kids." No, but I was a kid. Yeah. I did without as a kid. I'm not saying you your kids should never have anything, but they should understand especially Christmas, it's become so commercialized now. It's yeah. like, "Let's make a long list of everything we want and put pressure on Mommy and Daddy to get it." Yeah. You know, and that's very unfortunate. But you know, it's like, well, what is the real meaning of Christmas? Let's get back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it's okay to have presents and gifts and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from from there, we want to move along to, I guess, um, my mother, her hometown was Elgin, down by Taylor Bastrop sure. area. Sure, And they're famous for their Elgin Hot Sausage. Yeah. I was just thinking that, Go, Yeah, that's <laughs> a good <time. laughs> And um, so my uh, junior year, not a lot of people know this either, but my junior year, I had the opportunity to, my mom decided she was going to move back to, to in her hometown. And I was a junior and she said, well, this is what we're doing. I said, well, I don't want to go. Believe it or not, she allowed me because of my maturity. I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying because due to my maturity, she allowed me. She said, well, how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do that? And I said, we don't have a phone. We don't have any indoor plumbing to be concerned with. All we have is uh, electric bill. So I went to people's houses. I was one of those kids that would walk up to your door and say, can I mow your lawn? Oh, I need to use your lawn more too. <laughs> seriously mm-hmm. I didn't have a lawnmower so that's how I earned you know my keep my junior prom I paid for it myself my senior prom I paid for it myself and I mean it just there's nothing wrong with hard work but again I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back I'm giving that credit to God giving that credit to my mother seriously because my mother for a long time she was mother and father hmm and some kids don't understand that in a sense that mother may be a single parent, but she might be struggling financially, making sacrifices along the way just as my mother did exactly. and I didn't right. see as a kid hmm. some of the sacrifices she did as we grew older we did and real real quickly back to uh, I was very curious about I had there was a picture I had in back to the adoption thing. Mm-hmm. There was a picture i had and it had a different last name on it and i was like that's how i got curious well that was the one and only conversation me and my mother had why because i could see uh i don't know what word to use but she just had a look about her like i was just gonna up and leave and and go live with right. my birth parents right. So since I saw that look on her face, I never brought up the conversation again. And again, just because you're in a blended family, so to speak, or adoptive family does not mean there has to be an ounce less of love in that family. And the biggest reason, again, why I wanted to say that part is because, again, there may be kids out there that just don't understand why you're in the situation you're in, okay? I want you to understand that Your parents might be doing the best they can. Maybe they make mistakes, because we all do. But the biggest thing we can do for each other is pray. Okay? So forward on to when I graduated high school, went right into the workforce, had various jobs. Um, Not saying I wasn't happy about the jobs, but I wasn't excited about the amount of jobs I had. Versus someone that... Went to a four year university and, and got an education, but to me it was work straight out of high school. But that's all I knew, seriously. That is all I knew. Um, then from there, um, I spent various years in Dallas, Fort Worth. I spent time in um, Galveston about three or four years, about three or four years in Waco. Um, but majority of the time I spent in Fort Worth and I have had, I guess, probably a little over 20 years now. I've had some health problems, which all of you know about. Um, diabetes, neuropathy, you know, kidney issues in the past, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, but it hit me when I was in Fort Worth, probably not quite three years ago now. And that was when I came back to Troy. Um, it just hit me all of a sudden. I needed to come home where I knew and understood the people that cared about me and loved me. Hmm. Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that has transplanted themselves here from other places, but that happens everywhere you mm-hmm. live. Okay, but there's still some good-hearted people here in in Troy, and there's some people that I've met that I've never met before and has done so much for me. Now, when I went through my uh, both of my pinky toes are missing. When I went through my first amputation, that's when I moved back to Troy. Depression is probably the biggest reason why I moved back to Troy. Okay, because I don't care how much God you have in your heart. Again, you still have things that you deal with. Mm-hmm. Even with being a pastor, you're still mm-hmm. going to have you still going to have emotions that you deal with. Mm-hmm. You know that, that y'all deal with on a daily basis. Um. So it was, it was more of a, it was that, but when I was, especially when I was in an oil field, I made great money, but I wasn't out there long enough to really say, oh, okay, I'm really, really making great money. God worked. I don't want to say against me. I'd rather say for me. And the reason why I say that, because anything that's ever happened negative to me, I've never blamed God. I really haven't. Have I blamed situations and got frustrated and angry? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I was in the oil fields, when I started having issues with one of my toes, well, they ended up releasing me because oil fields, 24, 7, 365, I mean, they, if you're gone for 10, 12 weeks, no, they can't do that. Now I get that. So I decided I'm coming to Troy. I ran it from um, uh, the Hicks brought all my stuff down the Troy had no I had no idea about anything nothing and I said okay I'm just going so I couch surfed for a while and that's when I reached out to you um, pastor that I said you know what I'm trying to recover from this amputation I've caught another infection which means uh, the current situation is not healing I need to lay my head somewhere for about three months I reached out to him and that's the last thing I wanted to do because I've never asked 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 for anything and I I find something wrong with it but at the same time I lean more towards if people want to help you allow them to help you and that's something I've struggled with my whole entire life okay um, but when I reached out to pastor he said well okay well let me reach out to the to the uh, congregation do you care to put your name on not this sure well bill and jerry nolan stepped up to the plate no questions asked he grew up with both of our daughters we know him yada 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 you know and i stayed with them and i believe it was three months and maybe a week and a half i mean it was it was just like that so before the three months is up i drove through the neighborhood where i live now and i was just kind of looking to see and i said Okay, well, I'll call on the very first place I called. That's where I live now, and I've been there ever since. Um, but when we talk about struggles, another struggle that I've had, and I've somewhat said something to you about this before. Uh, maybe I have, maybe I just thought, dreamed it, I don't know. But um, I know I shared this to one of the teachers at, up at TES. And she had put something on Facebook regarding praying every single morning. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I said, I've gotten to the point where when I grew up at at First Baptist, I did that every single morning and every single night. Why do we venture away from that over time? Why, because we as people, we tend to uh, gravitate towards Easy versus what's right. Hmm. Seriously,
0: I think no. I think you're exactly right with that. We really do. If it's easy, yeah, we get in that rut. This is easy. Yeah.
1: And you know, so so that's one thing I've struggled with. Um, And anyone out there listening, if even if you're a new Christian and you decide, okay, well, I'm gonna start praying more. If I'm only going to play one time a day, let that be the first time in the morning. Why? It's just as important, if not more than important, than the first meal of the day. When they say, oh, the first meal of the day gets you going. But well, guess what? Put some Jesus in, in, in your morning, too. And I guarantee you, you know, you will also you will it will, it will also I'm not saying you're not going to be um, there's not going to be obstacles in your way during during the day, throughout the day. I'm not saying that. But the same way as technology, if you don't stay up with technology, it's going to leave you behind at some point in time. The same way happens in regards to, um, um, lost my train of thought there for a second, but, um, but in regards to praying and having a quiet time, because there's a, in my opinion, there's a huge difference between prayer and a quiet time. Prayer is something you do, and and you know you see on Facebook. And you says, "Well, okay, I need prayer." Da da da. Whatever. Okay. Well, you, you may pray for somebody driving down the street. To me, that's not a quiet time. Mm-hmm. Why is it not a quiet time? Because there's too many distractions. Mm. Does God does God not? Is there any reason God should not get your full attention during a during during prayer during a quiet time?
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying on a daily basis when you're driving down the road, but me personally, maybe y'all can do it. I can't, I have the hardest time, because I'm, well, I, I used to be a truck driver too, and that that's part of it. You're responsible for you, you're responsible for your equipment, you're responsible for everybody around you, and so that's how i drive my car every single day you know i'm um, just 360 degrees if i can
0: well if you drive down i-35 you have <laughs> got to be watching all yeah. things let me stop thomas do we have any comments or questions put your mic on there we go
1: there <laughs> we go
0: uh yeah we've had a few we've actually had uh, one come from uh, from jacqueline this is from earlier he says you may not have kids but you're always a part of some child's life, no matter blood or not. And then and Pastor Wayne Lott, who's watching us, uh, said, God bless you, my brother, really enjoying you sharing what God has done in your life. And uh, he just chimed in again as of us speaking. He said, uh, you know, amen, you must stay updated just like your phones are always
1: being upgraded. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, I guess the big, the biggest thing for me um well, I'll, I'll bring up uh, Janine koja Darlik. We had a conversation a few years ago regarding um, her daughter playing basketball. And if y'all know her, know her personality, I mean, it's very exuberant, you know, she's kind of out there a little bit. And, and we had a laugh in regard to her speaking of her daughter fouling out of a basketball game. And she says, use them all up, honey. You have 5,000, use them all up. And, <laughs> Why can't I hear that? Why Exactly. I hear exactly. That? You know, and I had the, and, and I had the, uh, at that time, it didn't mean anything to me, but ever since you asked me to do this, you know, I've been thinking of little things that might be important. Because, again, at the end of the day, that's the importance of someone's testimony, is hoping someone can get something out of it and apply it to their own life. Well, with that conversation, speaking of her daughter fouling out of a basketball game, well, next game, what happens, you get to hit the reset button, you get five more fouls, right? In your everyday life, essentially, we all get a reset button every single day. Every single day, you're you're blessed to wake up. You Mm -hmm. get a reset button. Reset button for what? Reset button for your life in general um your faith how you treat people how kind you are um just you know how many people you lead to the lord you get a reset button to do all those things again but what if you didn't
0: mm.
1: think about that what if you didn't i was at a funeral just yesterday none of us have promised the next two minutes we all need to as christians make a better effort to lead people to the through the Lord and I'm going to now talk about the time I've been here in Troy when I went through my second amputation okay and the reason why I'm going here because it's an extension of what I just said I got to the point when I had recuperate from my first uh, amputation now I said, "Okay, I'm gonna start driving big rigs again." Because i been I drove off and on for about 11 years. I said, "I'm gonna start driving again." Well, I drove for uh, Douglas Transportation right there behind Love's, and I told him what was going on, and he said, "He said, Craig, I lost a guy last year to diabetes." He goes, "He goes, I'm gonna hire you, but you you need to take care of that." He was honest with me, okay, and I appreciated that. So I went to work for him and. About eight weeks later eight weeks that's it all of a sudden my neuropathy got a lot worse because I was you know sitting in a saddle which is what we call the seats you know sitting in the saddle a little, little more um, and pain starts back diabetes start back so now I catch another bone infection so I ended up to fast-forward I ended up getting my other pinky toe amputated during that time again I didn't blame God but I still had questions. And I think that's okay, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, to have questions. And my question was not why me, but trust and obey is what you were talking about this morning. Okay? Sorry. It's okay. I went through this, especially when I was out in the oil field to sit here and say, you're making a lot of money. You can pay this off, you can pay this off, you can do this, you can do all these things. But how many times did I say, God, thank you? How many times did I say, God, thank you? So the only negative part about my amputation is when someone first said to me was, "Which toe Which told you?" This is the first amputation. Which told you get cut off? And I said, "Oh, my pinky toe. Oh, it's just a pinky toe." And I said, "It's just a pinky toe because that's my toe and not your toe." Yeah, that's yeah, right. Is
0: exactly. <laughs> that the truth?
1: But 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 I but I grew to understand again, um, if not growing up in such a uh, not only great church with great community, um, I would not be able to fast forward and say, you know what. Yes, I'm missing my two pinky toes. I have balance issues, but at the same time, I still have eight left. Amen. Yeah. Seriously. And you have to you have to, again, trust and obey. And also something else you said this morning was um, um I'll think over here in a second. Um obedience is what, no, um, Anyway, I have to think of You help me th- here in a second, but um, but it's it's a situation where yes, you have to think about not what God hasn't done for me, what has God done for me? Yeah, right. Because when we look at blessings, we we look at blessings as always money. And I don't say me personally; I'm just saying we as a society. How much money can I make? Not about how happy i can be and what i do it's how much money can i make and sometimes we lose people along the way yeah it just always making 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 money and it may be losing time with your with your family your kids your husband your wife you know whatever the case is some of the the happiest people that i've seen in my day and time was people like myself when i was little again Yeah, we had an outhouse. There was many times I didn't want to go to the bathroom. Why? Because it was five degrees outside. Whatever it was, you know, it happens. But we were the happiest. Why? Because our mother made it that way. She did not allow us to make excuses for ourselves. And that's something, as me being a substitute teacher, I try to... Convey with all the kids that I come in contact with. Don't make excuses for yourself. Okay, we can we can all we can um, obviously see we have a problem or an issue. What are we going to do to change that?
0: Okay, let me let me stop you right there as we go because Thomas, I know we're getting close on there time wise uh, that we've got. Would you be able to come back next Sunday evening? Mm-hmm i told you i was long-winded part b folks is <laughs> <laughs> no i think i i don't i mean i think that's a good place to to stop and you know it's the cliffhangers that yeah. uh they the old radio shows Even and tv better. shows right. and that right. and uh, uh folks craig's gonna be back this next week and he's gonna continue to share with us and i i, I you have truly blessed me mm. in what you have said and i know you've blessed folks out there and uh so folks let me uh, get a hold of some people and say hey next week six o'clock part you need two to, you need to do you need to hear <laughs> this part two of this guy and uh and uh you know well i'm excited about that thomas do we have any other comments or questions that have come in yeah we had one from uh well actually we've had two now uh, jennifer taylor says the world needs more craig coleman's i agree and, amen and, uh, jerry nolan we were talking about earlier says craig has a wonderful heart and attitude he's an example of god's love for all to see amen amen and that is the truth and so folks uh we're just going to stop right there uh and then we're going to pick it up next week and so you may have some uh, questions or things that you would like to ask get those down and next week you can send those in or comments uh and then we'd be glad to uh uh, glad to talk about those, Craig. It has been a blessing. I can't wait till next week uh, to hear what uh, God is going to speak through you. And that's what—that is truly what I'm hearing—is God speaking through you as you are giving your testimony here. And I thank God for—you uh, know—it's hard to thank God for the paths that we walk as we're walking it, but as you look back, you realize mm-hmm. that was the perfect path because Absolutely. I wouldn't be here today. If it had been any other way. And that's that's a great thing. Uh, what's the old song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? You yeah. know, on that, so, on there. So, folks, uh, we're going to catch you next week. Uh, man, I can't wait uh, to continue on with this. And so, we'll see you then. Kathy, I'm on my way home. See you <laughs> later. Bye bye.